Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts, Rai. And I'm your other host, Chris. And, oh, what's this? Something's swirling and coming out of the dragonfly pond behind our shack. Is it? Can it be? Oh, Nani, it's Chris from Iron, Silver, and Salt, and he's back chris let the universe tremble for i have returned <laughs> chris here's a towel you're all soaking wet like why why were you why were you in the pond what were you doing in there hey man it's summertime it's hot you may sue me i will if i turn into a snail person i will sue you okay i i get i guess uh <laughs> They're delicious, by the way. Just saying. Mm, cargo. Uh, well, Chris, welcome back. Exciting news, Dreadfuls. Uh, uh, over the weekend, we recorded a episode with the rest of Iron, Silver, and Salt about the creature from the Black Lagoon. And what, when's this episode due to drop? Well, the, uh, Friday. Yeah, so our, that episode will be out by Thursday. So go listen to, go listen to that. Yes, uh, it was a very exciting episode. Uh, thank you for having us on, Chris, and thank you for for being back here. Um, and happy belated birthday, uh, Gigi Ito. So, also the day this episode comes out is the birthday of a friend of the show. Happy birthday, Rain! I love you. Uh, what are we reviewing today? What delicious works of Gigi Ito, uh, Ito are we covering? Uzumaki, Uzumaki, or Spiral. Or spiral into horror. Or snails. Or snails, yes. Um, so this is arguably one of Jujitsu's most famous works. It's, I think it's definitely his longest long-form work uh, out, of, out of, all, uh, of all his other long-form works, in, uh, Gyo included, which we reviewed um, uh, previously, and Tomie, which we have not reviewed yet, but hopefully will de- uh, in the future. We absolutely can, because that may or may not have come in the mail earlier this week after I ordered it during last week's episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, um, we're doing a double episode about Junji Ito, Junji Ito acclaimed horror manga uh, writer, and artist or mangaka and he's insane and we love him and he's such a treasure to behold and we're going to be reviewing Uzumaki. Um, So I want to start off this episode by um, getting everyone's temp check. Was this your first time being exposed to Uzumaki? Like just the manga. Uh, I know some of us had watched the movie uh, previously. We'll we'll get into that. But uh, what was your first exposure? Uh, to the manga, at least. It was actually, um, it was back in college, and uh, a buddy of mine was like, hey, uh, you're into horror, you should totally read this. And that was, oof, 2013, 2014? So, I literally just spent an, I spent an afternoon reading the whole thing. It was amazing. This was like a trip down memory lane for you then, wasn't it? A little bit. Um... I remember Cole, uh, literally, I was reading it during the winter, which I think really helped with the atmosphere. It was gray outside and cold, and that always helps with horror. I put on a playlist I found specifically while I was reading this to try and, like, amp up the creepiness 
of Junji Ito's work. And it worked. I was definitely on edge while I was reading it, watching it, not so much. This entire experience has been my, my first encounter with Junji Ito anything. So, and I've gotten so far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> You're spiraling into love for Ito. I love it. Literally spiraling into love for Ito. Like, I, I know I haven't found it yet, but I definitely want to get a tattoo of something that he's done. I don't know what it is yet. Maybe it's because I haven't found it yet. But I want to, and I don't care if I have to save a ridiculous, ungodly amount of money and like find a way in very broken Google Translate Japanese to be like, if I pay you this amount, can you draw me a tattoo? <laughs> don't use Google Translate. Find someone who actually knows Japanese and they'll help you out with like the, the problem. Make it content. as weird as you fucking want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, uh, like I said on the previous episode, um, I'm a relatively late bloomer when it comes to Junji Ito. So I read Uzumaki uh, maybe 20, as recently as like 2017. Like I, I used to work part-time at a at an anime manga shop in Virginia. Uh, so sometimes during downtime, we could... Uh, uh, could read manga. Uh, so yeah, so there there was a copy of this omnibus actually, and uh, I um so I, I picked it up and it was awesome and it was uh and re rereading this was so good because uh, I haven't really I haven't touched Uzumaki in a while since then um but my God like it was just it was like all those all these feelings just rushed back like it's such an incredible work. Um, so before we do a deep dive into it, let's just go with some preliminary info. So, um, Uzumaki is a seinen manga. It's, um, it's, it's, has hallmarks of psychological horror, uh, and body horror. Uh, and this was first published in a weekly manga magazine called Big Comic Spirits from 1998 to 1999. Um, and, uh, it didn't come into the U.S. until, uh, to, uh, actually much later, I would say, I think it was, uh, 2001, um, Viz Media started to publish the, oh, actually, no, it's not that much longer. Well, Viz Media started publishing the individual volumes in 2001. Um, and then they released like this amazing hardcover edition or, uh, Omnis edition, uh, 2013. So, uh, again, Viz Media doing, doing, uh, like horror fans, uh, such great service. Um, because the work of Viz Media has definitely attributed to the rise and the popularity and the boom, the huge boom, especially in the last 10 years of, uh, Ito's popularity. And with that... You know, the basic premise of of Uzumaki, there's a fictional city called uh Kurozucho, um, which when you translate when you like translate it literally into English, I believe it's a uh, black vortex town. I think that's what it's called exactly. Uh and it's and it's like this fictional city where it's played by these weird supernatural curse slash phenomena, all involving spirals. And it's about uh, this entire town and how it's 
uh, and how it first faces and interacts and get, eventually gets consumed uh, by the spiral. And it manifests this in many different ways. Uh, it's one giant story, but it's broken up into separate vignettes or short stories. Um, and still with the same uh, recurring main characters of of Kyrie uh, and um, uh, Suichi, uh, as well as their family members. Uh, and it just is like this, again, this literal spiral into madness. And it's so good, so well done. So with that, let's take it away. Uh, thoughts. First initial thoughts when when once you finished first reading like Rai you did or or rereading uh Uzumaki for the show. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> yes. So is... Chris's reactions on Discord to the first to Gil was how I felt about this. I was like I was I was genuinely unnerved. Um because again, we know how I feel about about body horror, despite the fact that I do love horror in general, there is something about body horror that is unsightly and unnerving and, and rubs me the very wrong way. But for whatever reason, when I was reading and watching Gyo, it didn't bother me as much, like, or at all, really. Um, but this, this did something different. Not necessarily the snail part. I thought that that was just gross and weird but the image of the dad in the tub oh yeah oh what is like not not his body's like curled up like up like 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 that bubblegum tape and it, it and his tongue is lolling out and his tongue is like swirling like oh it's so cool and again like it's a testament to ito's mastery over over like line work like there's it's so detailed and and like and like the more you look at it it's like it's like oh my god like how long did it take him and like where did he come up with this image it's like it's crazy yeah i think that the more the more of these we do the more like articles and videos we're forced to find uh about about especially about junjito like talking about all of this the more enamored and intrigued I am with this man and what he does. <laughs> let's just keep going. Let's do let's do Tomei next week. Let's okay, just keep going. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> let's just whatever we had on the docket for next week, fuck it. Let's just let's just do Tomei. I'm done. I get like I need to keep I need to keep going. Because that's how I feel. <laughs> well, that's how I feel. Like when I was reading this, and albeit I think that spirals are an odd thing unless you're unless you're looking at hurricane and storm patterns i think spirals are an odd thing to sort of zero in on sorry what's that naturally occurring spiral in nature called um the gold the, the golden rectangle or the golden oh the golden oh god the golden ratio yeah 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 so the like spirals occur naturally in nature a lot um the golden ratio is a mathematical idea that um basically two quantities are in the golden ratio if the ratio is the same as the ratio of their sum to the two to the larger of the two quantities so it's something that occurs in the real world and like you you see them in like snail shells and basically everything it's been studied studied by mathematicians like euclid 
uh, um, in, in nature, and this is like a divine mathematical, like, I guess, quote unquote, divine mathematical phenomena that's been just just be researched for like cent literally centuries. And I know, uh, well, two things. One, um, I know with this is not the primary. It's not the primary. Uh, what's it called? Like uh, inciting idea that uh, inspired. Ito to create Uzumaki. Uh, actually, there was one, um, we, re we referenced this video last week, but there's a Crunchyroll interview where Crunchyroll and Juti Ito, they tour uh, a haunted house together. It's like the Winchester haunted house. Uh, and he was mentioning how um, he wanted to write a short story about people living in a very, very long terraced house. Uh, and, um, he thought using a spiral shape to achieve these desired length w was, uh, was an interesting idea. And we see that in, like, the, the third act, or, like, the, one of the final chapters of Uzumaki. Um, but that, that, uh, idea sparked him to research more into the, the symbology of spirals. Which I didn't know about until, until like you know, an, less than an hour ago. Uh, but spiral in Japan is seen to be as like a positive symbol. But he wanted to. Um, it, it's a classic hallmark of Jujutsu to be super surgical and like look into super minute details and and like pull out like the weird or the abstract or like the fearful of it and he took the spiral to, uh and just subverted the symbology and he created that he that he did a ton of research of naturally occurring uh spirals in nature or like in history and whatnot um and that's why that's why that, that's one of the most impressive things about for, for me is like the amount the sheer sheer narrative range of where he takes spirals like there's a story about um people turning the snails or there's a story about like the like the weather patterns and there's a story about um like how mosquitoes uh fly in spiral formations in, in the in the columns and he just extrapolates that into really crazy or and horrific imagery and ideas um and yeah it's crazy i, I love it what I like about it is he takes a a concept or an idea that shows up more regularly than most people would expect and then bases the horror around that. Um, here's my question for you guys. Did you like this more than you liked Gyo? I liked it I liked it more than Gyo um from a from a I guess from a not I guess from an intellectual philosophical standpoint cuz like it it had a more stable theme. I, I guess, like, the theme is, like, the closest word I could get to it. Like, um, um, and it, I think it built, it built upon, I felt like it was a, a better mystery. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Gyo. Gyo was just, I love Gyo for the fact of its pure gonzo nature, but I really like, Uzumaki more because it peeled away, it, 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 it like it deepened the the mystery and extrapolated it and it, it just 
did so in so many different interesting ways, but it still worked. It still was still was bridged together, and uh, it just made me. It was like a, it was a constant page turner. It was like I because Uzumaki, it's a it's a it's a meaty book. It's a it's a significantly longer than Gyo, but it passed by with me because like oh my god, what's next? What's next? And like and not every story is completely disjunctive from the other. Like certain vignettes tie directly from one to the other. Like uh like the first the first um story, the uh the spiral obsession. Um, it's it's a two parter and it uh it has two significant movements, um like the effect of the spirals on the dad and the expect the the effects of the spiral on the mom, um, but yeah I don't know I I think I think I like Uzumaki more because it has more of a consistent continuity if that makes sense I don't know if I'm explaining it right but I still love Gyo but like I think Uzumaki scratched more of a thought-provoking intellectual itch that I was craving for then. Well, remember, Gyo also has some of those extra short stories at the end. Yeah, Uzumaki has has two. Uh, it has a, well, it has, it has one, it has, like, the last chapter, which is the short story about the galaxies, and then it has, like, two or three, like, self-parody short stories about Juji Ito doing research for the, for the, for the manga. It, they show up in, they show up in the Omnibus version. Mm, yeah. I will say, I mean, I know we're not talking about the movie yet, but just because we brought up his stories about himself in the back of this, I do think it's funny that in the movie Huzumaki, Junji Ito has a poster that's listed him as a wanted man. Yeah, it's so good. And and like and like there's like a there's like a, a police sketch like look for this man and he's drawn he's drawn so creepily and so sinister and then it's just juxtaposed to like his normal looking face and it, it's like it's, it's it was so basically like a creepy drawing of him versus his headshot or some shit. Yeah, it was it was very good. So here's the thing. There are parts of this that I find eerie and beautiful, whereas there were no parts of Gyo that were beautiful at all. I mean, except maybe the, like, circus. How dare you? That blimp was glory to behold. That blimp was beautiful. (laughs) That Zeppelin was beautiful to both of you guys, not me. Um, You take that back. No, I much prefer... I much prefer the the gaseous nature of a person propelling themselves in a circle. <laughs> that was I still I still get the giggles thinking about that. But there was one of those moments for me reading Uzumaki too, and I'm pretty sure I am like mildly sociopathic for choosing this as like a giggle moment. It was with the human jack in the box that I didn't even realize until I read it for the second time. That the car spring is also a spiral. Yes, I that 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 story was definitely comedic. It's one of the more comedic ones, but it's so macabre. Like the car suspension gets lodged inside the body, which causes it to spring around like a jack in the box. Man, I don't know who works in that morgue, but he they are getting paid way too much. Yeah, what I do, what I yeah, was that was that funeral a closed coffin? Cause like that body was so stitched up so badly, it just kept it just kept falling apart, like in seconds. It's like Frankenstein. It's 
Frankenstein made something that worked, though. Like this. This is. I don't even know what the hell this is. Touche. That this one was out. I will say that I think, if anything, the most beautiful part of the spirals was Kiri's hair. When it just starts to create those beautiful curls like that, I was like, I want to style a wig like this. The Medusa story is really cool, and I, I I think the Medusa story is one of the few things about the movie I thought they did really well. Um, um, I I I am pretty. It, it didn't look to me like again. I was talking with this, with Chris about this. Um, I mean, the, granted, this movie was made in 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 two thousand, uh, and this movie definitely didn't seem like a, a like a, like a a big budget film uh, when it came out. This movie was not, okay. Let me be clear about something. The movie was nothing to write home about. That movie, I, I read a sci-fi article that was like Uzumaki, the scariest movie you've probably never seen. And I'm like, if they've never seen it, there's a reason. Yeah, I mean that's that's like that's a, on sci-fi's part. That's clickbait. Hundred percent, because it's not scary. It's not, and it's not. It's not. It's not a good adaptation of the manga. Also, you know that that's bearing the lead, but. I was pretty impressed. Like, like I thought they re- they adapted like the the vi- the visual look of the of the hair like really well, and especially in the one of the mo- the last montages. Um, it, it was the scene where like she's literally being mummified, uh, and she's strapped to the pole, and you just see like this giant giant uh web of of hair branching out in the final scene of that of that chapter i was gonna say are we gonna talk like about the movie now or we want to go back to the manga go back to the manga let's put off the movie for as long as fucking possible all right but what i what i realized what i liked about uzumaki more than i liked about gyo is number one it had a slow build uzumaki literally starts with fish on legs like that's how it starts so uzumaki like gyo starts weird and then it just progressively gets weirder, and it has a lot of different genre switches, like I talked about last time. How the first part's like a monster movie, then you have the mad scientist, then you have like the ghost and the circus and the diseases and the revenge of the World War II victims and environmental devastation and pandemic horror and all this other kind of stuff. And it just kind of, it kind of felt like it's like, oh, what else can we jam in here? Whereas Uzumaki was not only a slow burn, but it was a consistent one. And it, it it built off of its continuity. Uh, it it became it it was like micro to macro. It was like it was localized to a bunch of these like isolated incidents, like um, uh, Kiri's father and the pottery, or like the the weird cremation spiral circles, uh, or or the or the story with Azami, or the Medusa story, and then later on. Um, like two thirds of the way through, um, uh, it's like the the scale at which the spirals are affecting the town like start to ramp up. Like you have, um, you have like the snail infestation, which starts out a little really small in the beginning, um, but it ramps up way at the end, uh, where sna- human snails are a source of food for all the people who are left in town. Now, does that count as cannibalism because they used to be people? Uh, I would barely. I, I don't think they're really people anymore. They're maybe like part snail, part mammal, but that 
unnerving the way he drew and it was like the way he draws everything is beautifully and eerie and creepy and wonderful but with the words next to them it's just like you can hear all of this in your head while you're reading it and i think that that is a huge testament to junji ito as an artist and as a creator when they were when the little brother was transforming into the snail and it just talk it, it just has that like one word for the eyes flicking out it's disgusting and i could like feel how gross that was and like grotesque that entire transformation sequences and that's all that's all ito thank you onomatopoeias and uh and i, I was not expecting that too like i thought mitsuo was going to be one of the last survivors but i was like oh no mitsuo Mitsuo turns into a snail, and uh, we don't know what happens to him. Oh, he totally 100% gets eaten. Yeah, he 100% gets eaten. He, pro- he probably got eaten. <laughs> I think the top creepy moment for me where I was, like, genuinely disturbed was the entire mosquito chapter with the pregnant women and the baby. Oh, yeah, oh, that God. one was... Mosquito that was... Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mosquito ones like really, really got under my skin. I hate mosquitoes and I hate ticks. And and uh, you know I and just this just seeing like the, the, the horde of pregnant women with hand drills. I was like, oh no, oh no, this is this is bad. Do you want to know what that actually reminded me of? Yeah, uh, darkest dungeon. Oh yeah, darkest dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- so it's a it's a horror video game very much inspired by Lovecraft, but in it they have vampires, but their vampires are all inspired by um mosquitoes and ticks and other blood sucking insects. Delightful. It's very good. But yeah, no, it's just I loved the I, I what I really loved about it was what I think my favorite part of Uzumaki was um it was a small moment of the older buildings when you see that it's only the old buildings that are surviving the storms and you realize as a reader oh god this is way older than what's currently happening right now yes and it's all part of a it's all part of a grand design from uh, a age long past where no one remembers and there's, there's barely any records of it except for the scrolls to find the buildings yeah i loved the i think i just loved the reveal of the mystery Okay, so it's funny you should say that, Chris, because I I was watching this video about why Junji Ito's work is so effective in creeping us out and horrifying us and why he's so good at what he does. And the biggest thing that this video talks about is exactly that. It's the mystery and how you... As the reader, you passively appreciate the survival of the characters, not because you feel any sort of connection to them, but because it allows you to drive the mystery so that you can continue the investigation into the horror that is unfolding to these people. This is a good story. It's just a really, really good story. And what I liked about it, too, was that it revealed enough without, like, explaining everything. Yeah. It still left things up to the imagination, but the, like, wildest, creepiest imagination possible. And 
and, and like the explanation we get in the end, it's still it's it's illuminating, but it's just like oh god, like like it just sends your mind reeling. Um, because like this this um, uh, Chris mentioned this before before we started recording, but uh, this story is definitely more Lovecraftian uh in nature than um than Gio at least, and um you know the the one encapsulating moment I feel like that that really illustrates this is. Uh, at the end, where they're uh, the the lake is drained, and they're going down the staircase, and they see this weird sentient city of spirals, uh, and um, and like with the the narration, we're saying how um, uh, like the side the spiral consumed everything, uh, and like and time stopped, uh, but um, you know um, eventually this cycle will happen again because what happened in this town will be lost to time and uh, and eventually this town will be destroyed and then it'll be rebuilt and it gives you this horrific feeling oh my god how many times has this happened where the city has been destroyed and rebuilt uh thanks to the the power of the spiral uh and it'll never end um and it'll just like the spiral will just keep going and going and and you know the story of Kyrie and Suichi they 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 it never really they, they like they they're like kind of locked in stasis they're like locked in this time spiral where the end is the beginning and um and their stories will be repeated somewhere else they're gonna be later down the line uh when you extrapolate it. there's gonna be another young couple in love that's gonna be um tested to their limits because the spiral will awaken again and you know that's the weird tragic beauty of it is like no one remembers what happened before uh and it'll you know and so like this unending mystery could just continues and and continues to replicate it's like that is pure genius ito almost like if it's a loop like a spiral it's a loop it's a... <laughs> here's the thing i also wonder and i love again how it's just constant mystery. There's no explanation. And you don't need one. I feel like whenever we're put into a situation like this with other horror movies, we want that explanation because we want to go on that journey with the characters. And maybe it's because we feel something for them. So we want to find everything out that we possibly can. With this, I have no desire. And I love how it never gets explained. And it never... Like, it, it hints at it, but in a way, there is an unreliable narrator in this, and I'm a sucker for a really good unreliable narrator. Like, we have no fucking concept and no fucking clue how long this has been going on. Like, and I think where it clicked for me was at the end where they're all in the forest together and they're like, well, where did you come from? And they're like, well, we were behind you. I don't know how we're in front of you. And it ended up like years had gone by. And how many people did they, how many generations of people have they cycled through all of this while this town gets rebuilt and destroyed by, by whatever this is? Very Lovecrafty and very well done. I think story-wise, it's better than Kyo. What I what I enjoyed is that it did explain some stuff, like, but the stuff that it explained is a lot, like you said, is a lot open to interpretation. But 
Uh, characters. What did you guys think about the characters in this story? I felt really bad for Kiri. The boyfriend, he was just, yeah, he was just sort of there for me. I felt really bad for her, though. You know, they need to rename the, the boyfriend character to Cassandra because nobody fucking listened to him. <laughs> he was right from the very beginning, and he's like, we, we need to leave, like, now. Yeah, we, we need to leave, like, yesterday. Lope and leave right now, <laughs> please. <laughs> I, I enjoyed all the characters. Um, I, I thought I, I like Kyrie. Um, um, she's definitely a better leading lady than uh, than Gyo's leading lady. Um, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. That bitch was a terror. Hated her. Yeah. Um, and like you know, Kyrie. I, I I um, I I liked I liked her and I um. I thought she's a great stand-in for the for the audience. I mean, the, the story is from her POV, uh, and she, you know, like we're we're on. I felt like really connected to her. We go through like the entire journey with her. Um, Suichi, like even though he's he's like the other main protagonist, like um, he's. I I feel slightly. I I feel I didn't feel as connected to him um, because like he seems to have like some sort of unexplained knowledge or connection um to the spiral so he's kind of our our guide into the river sticks if you will um i mean obviously he doesn't know any more he doesn't know much more about the spiral than we do but um he he's one of the moving factors uh, to move the plot forward i'd say um but i get my favorite characters um i don't know i just like i love the the villains or the antagonists i think they were by far my favorite like azami or uh sekino the 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 rival medusa girl or those shitty little kids oh the fucking kids blowing their god i hate oh the kids the kids the the the, the, the Yes, but you like want to hate them. You never thought you could hate a child more. I love that. Oh, false. Very false. <laughs> yeah, I think Ito created such great villains. And like, I mean, I, I hesitate to say the villains because like they're just being twisted and warped and turned insane and uh, by the spiral. And like, they, yeah. Uh, although some of them are just like, you know, some of them like I have zero pity for, like the Jack in the Box guy, or <laughs> or the or the the guy the guy who is creeping on Curie and he and he turns into like a horn monster. Like, yeah, he he deserved that. Chris, what about you? Were were there any favorite characters? I mean, I I like the leads. Um, I wanted them to try. To, I wanted those crazy kids to try to escape, but um, you know, by the, by the time they tried, it was already. Nope. <laughs> yeah, again, Ito with those classic... That is an asshole genie of I want them to be okay. Alright, they're gonna be in the in the big old spiral monster for all of eternity. They're in each other's arms and legs and torsos. It, it's classic Ito with the bittersweet ending. I just say bitter. Very, very bitter. That <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah, right. You say I can't hate kids like if you haven't seen The Vich. I have, and I did enjoy some baby salsa being made in that movie. 
I wasn't even talking about the baby souls. I was talking about those douchebag twins. That's who those kids reminded me of. Oh, oh, yeah. Horror has taught me how to hate children very well. It taught you how to hate babies, too. Like, the second part of the mosquito story where the babies crawl back into the womb. We want to go back. I was like, no, you don't get out. No, 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 no. You get to you get to suffer existence like the rest of us. You don't get a go back option, you piece of shit. And they're like... <laughs> We want it. it was so nice in there. <laughs> that was unnerving. <laughs> I, I love the doctor. I was so nervous. And I love how the doctor's explanation. Oh, yes. Babies are cute, but, but cuteness is a weapon. Cuteness is a tool used by the babies to have other people look after it until it's older. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's something that is like a belief in psychology. So Junji Ito did. Uh, his homework on that that they that babies and animals are like taught to be extremely cute to get what they need to survive evolutionary psychology this all goes back to like junjito doing his homework and really getting into his shit and knowing what he's talking about and I feel like I'm just gonna like fangirl forever over him, and I need to buy everything I can get my hands on. Yeah, I mean it's August. His it's August, so his newest anthology is coming out. Like I pre-ordered it. I'm ready. Yes. I've gone down the rabbit hole. I'm done. I'm not gonna turn into a snail, but I'm definitely spiraling. Oh, you're gonna turn into a snail. It's 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 inevitable. Okay, as long as someone puts me in garlic butter, uh, you can eat me. Let's do it right. No, no, someone's gonna crawl into your snail shell like like those like those hikers did. Oh, that was that was vile. <laughs> oh, the spiral, the spiral, and like those curves. And the, I, 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 that was that was so unsettling. Where there's they start like getting nostalgic how they ate their friend while inside the shell, and they started turning loopy. Literally, it's like oh. Beautiful. I, I did love how Kiri seemed to be the only rational person in this entire fucking town of, this is really weird, whereas her boyfriend was like, yeah, it's weird, we should leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, y'all are both agreeing it's weird, but you're disagreeing on how you should handle the weirdness. And then it was too late, because the, the tunnel, the tunnel, the tunnel didn't let them go, the seas always turned to spirals, and the forest didn't let them go. Yeah, time itself is like, nope, nope, you're not getting out of here. Well, they kept, I mean, they kept getting turned around in the forest, almost like if they were walking around in a spiral motion. So I want to uh, save some time to talk about the movie and the eventual, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll spend a little time uh, on it, um, as well as the anime adaptations coming up. But uh, I just, I'm really curious, I know we talked about, like, our favorite parts uh what was the i guess i guess i guess guess the recap what's your favorite part your the most disturbing part and the part that made you the saddest of the movie oh of the of the manga disturbing part was the babies absolutely definitely the babies oh like everything else i can sort of like deal like cope with and deal with but the babies was definitely the worst part the funniest most amusing part was the jack in the box I think the saddest wasn't Kiri and her boyfriend, but was her friend and her boyfriend. It's like Romeo and Juliet, but with Spiros. 
Right. They just tried so hard. And then in the end, they were like, we're going to do, we're going to combine ourselves in like the most disturbing way possible so we could just be together forever. And they weren't afraid. They were just sort of like, no, it's just going to happen and we're just going to do this thing. And that was simultaneously sad and unnerving to watch. Read, rather. But yes. (laughs) And there were no happy moments in this. No, they really weren't. Not not really. What do you mean, not really? No, there was no happiness. Yeah, it literally, I mean, doesn't this whole thing start with a funeral? It does. And it just goes downhill from there. (laughs) Like spiraling down a drain. Like water, as we as we got to, you know, as the boyfriend's dad explained to us when he was explaining how spirals are in everything and they're everywhere. Water going down a, a, a tub drain was one of those examples. Right, right. There's a spiral in your ear. That was weird. Because you know it's coming. Like, as soon as you saw it, you're like, this bitch is going to take something and, like, stab herself in the ear. I felt really bad for the mom. I really did. But uh, he builds to that moment so well. Yeah, like, oh no, like, oh my, she's like staring at her fingerprints, and then, and then later, everyone's forced to wear caps because like the spirals on, on the on the crown of your head bothers her. And then, yeah, it's really good. Anyway, Chris, uh, same questions. Hey, uh, so. Like I said, the favorite mo- moment was like the um, was once the storms passed and they saw the structures that were still standing. Um, love that, horrifying. Um, just to for a change of pace, I would say when people are in the houses and they start pushing people away and there's like there's no room, there's no room. It reminded me of like what happens in natural disasters, of how people can turn on each other very quickly. Um, and what was the last one? Most hated? Uh, like, the the saddest moment? Saddest moment. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the tragedy of the, um, of just Kiri's family, of she knows something is wrong, she knows bad things are happening, but she can't stop it. It's like being in a car, it's like, it's like being in an accident that you know is going to happen, but there's nothing that you're doing about it. And there's nothing that you can do about it at the same time. Fuck, what an image. Yeah, I think that was the saddest thing of like, I, I there's a fatalism in the story that both uh, Kiri and Shuichi have. And Shuichi, God bless, God bless him, tries to do something about it. But it's like, I think even he knows that they're there already and they're already trapped. It doesn't matter what they try to do. They're caught. They're caught in the spiral. Yeah, for me, favorite moment. Okay, well, disturbing moment. Like, oh my, like the mosquito story just creeped me the hell out. Um, I guess an honorable mention. Um, like, so we, like yeah, like like the honorable mention. Definitely the fir- the first two chapters, the spiral obsession. Like, the just how the mom was reacting. Uh, and just slowly descending to madness. Like, it was horrifying and so sad, because, like, uh, it reminded me... I, I don't know, maybe it was... I don't know if there was, like, I'm reading too much into it, or it was a commentary on Juji Ito in some way, but, like, it just reminded me of, like, like how hard 
it is for people with mental illness to to live or just to cope with small everyday tasks and like I, this is what I did, this is what I um felt uh, or uh, that's what I got of it because I, I used to do I used to do um a lot of um intern work at a psychiatric hospital and it just uh and you just see like these everyday people like struggle struggle with these with like the, with these things and then they can't some of them can't help themselves because they, they're so driven uh or consumed by these certain compulsions and like seeing the mom um go through that i was like i was real. It, it felt really stark and real and hit me home that i in a way i wasn't expecting and it, and it ended like in, in a really tragic violent way uh and as and again like there was that fatalism where um suichi like bless his bless his heart he tried to be the best son he could he tried to protect his mom as much as possible but in the end like she can't be there all the time and the madness of the spiral of the dad or the, that creepy centipede like which is uh not enough uh to save her um so that was like that was probably definitely one of the sadder sadder and more disturbing parts um favorite parts um i would say hmm I mean, for those for those same reasons, I the first two chapters like just really hit it home. It was like it was like uh, it, it like it just like yes, this is a slow burn, but like it's still a severe gut punch, uh, and it establishes like how serious the threat is. Um, but I guess in terms of like mirth and like um like stuff that I just really enjoyed, like Medusa story, especially the hair battle at the end, is like to me like it just. It was like the most quote unquote stereotypical anime thing to happen. Like it, it's like it's like straight out of like a, a weird shonen anime where like two heroes facing off instead of fighting with the fist or fighting with hair. It's like this was like a nice palate cleanser. And then it just got all dark and and, and, and crazy again. And then she electrocutes herself. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> she gets she gets the lane the life drained out of her. And I guess like um I and um I think the other another part that really hit me home that I, I wasn't expecting uh, was I I sincerely thought Mitsuo was gonna make it to the end and he got he got turned to a snail. I was like, oh no, no one is safe. Nope. So I know we don't want to talk about it, but we have to do some lip service. <laughs> it's just it's just because so when we watched the the. Yo movie, I feel like there was still some sort of like connection to the source material. And even though there were some minor changes, some for the better, some for the worse, you still know where it came from and, and it still had that Junji Ito feel about it. Maybe it's because it was an anime and it wasn't a live action movie. I couldn't fucking tell you. However, I feel like this vaguely resembled the manga in some tiny small amount and it like it kind of bothered me and i only remembered that i had seen the movie before when the jack-in-the-box asshole showed up with the box in his hand and i was like oh i've seen this why have i seen this before and then i was like well if i can't remember anything about it it must not have been very good well uh, chris and i were talking about this before too um, I think the reason why you're discontented is one of two reasons. Like, one of them, Chris, would you like to explain the FMA effect? Yeah, so, basically, Chris and I did the math on this. The movie came out in 2000, but the manga 
the, the movie came out in February of 2000. But the manga only came out, the manga only finished in September of 1999. So basically, they must have started making this movie while the manga was still ongoing. So, and what Chris is referring to by the FMA effect, Full Metal Alchemist, is that's an example of an anime that was made and finished before the original source material was finished. So, Chris and I were discussing this, and we get the sense that this was something that was made when only a few of the stories came out, and there was no conclusion yet. Yeah, that makes sense, because it felt unfinished. Yeah, especially the especially the end where like it's a series of shots and 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 montages and like like uh not like it's it's like series of like photographs like that, especially at the end where it's, they, I don't know if they ran out of move ran out of budget or they were just trying to go for a, like a certain aesthetic but it just didn't feel complete. Yeah, the movie very clearly it just didn't know where the story was going to go. And so it only covers, like, what, the first quarter, maybe, of the manga? I mean, not even. It's, like, you were saying this before. It's, uh, um, it's, the, it's the first two chapters, the Spiral Obsession, and they sneak in certain vignettes. Like, they sneak in the Jack in the Box story, some of the Medusa, uh, and the Snail. Uh, and then they shoehorn very, like, at the end, um the the start of the beginning of um the what's it called the typhoon earthquake arc you know just when, right when uh, the town was being ravaged by storms and twisters and human snails um quote unquote infesting the town but they only just showed the, the two original snails from the the first short story well there was also they also turned some of the reporters into snails oh that's right that's right that's right yeah yeah, but that's part of the problem is that there's no satisfying conclusion to this. They turn the boyfriend Shuiji into a spiral monster, which was really weird. Such a disservice. They did they did him dirty. I hated that ending so much. They did him so fucking dirty, man. But they just turn him into a spiral monster, and yeah, it's just there was one th thing Rai liked about this movie. The casting for the boyfriend was stellar. Well, no, I was going to say it's it's such a minor thing. It's the, really the only thing I looked at and said I actually really liked how they did it was, do you remember when they're in this school and the girlfriend and the boyfriend are walking around and they're talking to each other? And in the background, you see these extras that are just staring at the walls. I like that. That's the only thing I liked in this movie because it was this. It's the only thing that is vaguely reminiscent of Junji Ito as as the creator. That's it. And the fact that they obsessively talk about spirals. I would not call this a faithful adaptation. They try. Bless their hearts, they tried. Here's a hot take. I would say it's a faithful adaptation in the same way that Zack Snyder's Watchmen is a faithful adaptation. It does a lot of one-for-one -one remakes of Stotts. It transplants entire storylines and things into the narrative. But at the end of the day, it does not understand what the story is trying to do and therefore the adaptation falls short yeah i agree it's it's more about spectacle than substance and and uh i mean and again like whether it's because it was the early 2000s or they didn't have much of a budget um or i 
whatever xyz reason like they 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 didn't have the i they tried to be smart about it they tried to go for like what stuff they did they can film that wouldn't break the bank too much so like they they went with the high school setting um and the hospital settings which is relatively like uh like low budget um uh but there's like so much of like the weird esoteric horrifying elements of the spirals that that that's just out of the reach out of in terms of time and resources uh i mean if they tried to remake uzumaki now uh you know i would say that in terms of resources they would probably get like a lot more a lot more given how especially in the last 10 years you know you know judita is definitely a household name uzumaki is is well beloved and and notorious and infamous and 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 highly regarded as one of his greatest works and i and we live in a culture now of like where you know being true or honoring the source material is so much more important uh than ever and like um you know i know in the in the west we haven't quite cracked like a the perfect or like even a passable adaptation of a manga or an anime property um um but i think with juji ito i think horror is a genre that that's easily accessible uh to both like you know both eastern and western cultures um you know like japanese horror has always been about like the psychological horror and um and and um having more like having a, a lot more focus on like, the esoteric uh narrative aspects of horror uh or, or like the like the symbolic um um under underpinnings of horror and um you know i, I think i think it, it could it could work uh but i think at the time and whatever resources they had when, when this was originally made i think they 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 meant well but i think they bit off more than they can chew yeah i mean this is a i think a film is not a good medium to adapt Uzumaki into. Frankly, I think there are just some media properties that work better in the original form that you find them in. So like like Hamilton will is is perfect as a stage show. Uh Watchmen is perfect as a comic. Uzumaki is perfect as a manga, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There's just some things that lose something when you try to adapt them into a new medium. And I think if you needed to adapt it, I feel like and if you had to do live action you need more than two or three hours to try to tell this entire story. Honestly, uh, if they try to do a live action, they should do it like a, a long form, like anthology series, you know, you know, like something that they'll be picked up by like Amazon Prime or, or Netflix or something like that. But speaking of adaptations, um, we've had some really great news. Um, uh, we, uh, just as recently as a week ago, uh, we have the first trailer of the Uzumaki anime adaptation. Uh, so uh, Adult Swim or Toonami, uh, they're partnering up with uh, Production IG, which is a really well-respected uh, production studio. And um, I have some notes. Uh, so they're teaming up with 
director Hiroshi Nagahama um, and screenwriter Aki Atami. And both of them are incredibly huge fans of Judita's work. So automatically, they I think they um, uh, will treat it with respect uh, and the care that uh, Ito, Ito, most of all, like Uzumaki deserves. Um, and also, um, Rai, this is a really cool tidbit uh for the music and the soundtrack they got composer colin stetson to be working on the project he he did like the main soundtrack for hereditary which is awesome um and what i love about so if you haven't seen the trailer um it's we'll post a link to it in the show notes um but uh the 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 anime is going to be a four episode uh, series, which is really short. Yeah, I hope they're long. I hope the episodes are long. Yeah, so uh, what I'm thinking is maybe, like, they're gonna be, like, 45-minute episodes, like, some more like a OVA format, but th- this remains to be seen. But what I really find interesting is, like, they're keeping it, like, they're, it's. I feel like it's less accurate to say it's, it's an anime. It's more like an animated comic, because, like, the trailer, even, the, the, it's very short, but, um, the animation style it's like it's it's in black and white and it's emulating um ito's like line work like so spot on uh and it's 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 incredible and like i'm really excited okay so apparently colin stetson also did the color out of space soundtrack so i am now (laughs) and then from the there's from interviews uh ito was saying how they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna stay they're staying true to the source material although um you know to make it interesting especially for like uh veteran fans um they're trying not to spoil anything but uh some of the timelines some of the uh, events have are gonna be rearranged uh and one of the characters um that died early on is gonna have like a much bigger role in the series so there's there's never going to be like new stuff to uh consume and appreciate and to add to uh the mythos of uzumaki but i'm incredibly excited about the anime uh i don't know if you guys uh got to or got a chance to watch the trailers or watch any interviews but what are your thoughts i feel like the anime I mean, the, the manga, the uh, uzumaki is perfect as the uh, in its original form but i feel like anime is probably the most uh optimal format for adaptation i'm so fucking excited when i saw that i was like wait that's why i had to ask you to clarify like where can i watch uzumaki because when i looked it up to try and find it to watch it that's the first thing that comes up now not the 2000 movie so i needed that clarification when you were like oh here it is i was like oh so this is brand fucking new and then i went down a rabbit hole reading and watching everything about that before i watched the movie so the anime is not going to be coming out till 2021 yeah well most of us aren't going back to work till 2021 so we'll be fine (laughs) also i find this really interesting like this uh i mean production ig is a huge anime studio uh and they uh and like they they got some giants work on it but i found it really surprising how uh, adult swim and tsunami are are showcasing this first before japan so like the the u.s is getting like first dibs on this uh, on the premiere for this project which i i find it really shocking but yeah it's pretty exciting yeah no i'm i'm pumped for it it's 
like is going. I, I hope it's going to be good. Um, but the talent that seems to be surrounding it indicates that it will be. So yeah, I'm pumped. Well, right now we don't. There isn't any. There isn't any news yet about like a live action Western adaptation of Uzumaki. That's not. That's not to say it'll never happen. As long as the Americans don't try to touch this movie, I'll be fine. We saw how Death Note turned out. We don't need the Americans to touch this. <laughs> yeah, Death Note. <laughs> I mean, did you... Uh, okay, to be fair, Japan is perfectly capable of making terrible live-action movies, too. Did you see the Attack on Titan one? Did you see it Rocky? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in general, I think Japan has a better track, a much better track record of uh, live action animations than the uh, than U.S. Um, I mean, I feel like the only remotely decent ones, uh, Chronicle, which is a very, very, very loose adaptation of like Akira. Um, then, I mean, I wouldn't even say that Chronicle is just a straight up different story. If I'm thinking of Chronicle, right? That's yeah, the one yeah, superpowers. I fucking Chronicle's love that great. Movie. I love that movie. Um, that's just a straight up. Like, that has, that's like a starting concept, but they go in very different directions. Unless I miss the psychic children. <laughs> we need more psychic children. Uh, and then Edge of Tomorrow, Live That Repeat. It's an adaptation of All You Need Is Kill. Uh, and that, that movie's pretty good. Um, and I, uh, but, you know, I'm biased. Uh, manga, way better. Um, and then I feel like the uh, Ghost of the Shell, which came out in 2017, which I felt like, you know, using Chris's terminology, it, it, it fell under the Snyder effect where it was more about the spectacle replicating like the key, like the most iconic moments of the, the original source material, like the manga and anime, but not really getting what make, makes it great in terms of substance and themes. And then you have... Um, Battle Angel Alita, um, uh, which is based on Alita Battle Angel, which was by uh, was it Robert Rodriguez, uh, which is which it was I thought it was an okay adaptation. So like the bar, the needles, slowly making progress, but still not quite so optimistic, uh, which is a long way of saying we, we the U.S. is a long way to go, and I would be happy never seeing a Uzumaki live action adaptation although that's not the case for tomie because uh alexander alexander aja uh horror aficionado he's tapped to adapt uh a uh, western adaptation of tomie and uh we'll, we'll talk how many how many tomie movies have there been so the japanese the J- japanese movie there's at least like four or five tomie live action movies um there's a lot of them um it's like the memento mori movies they made like six of those fuckers uh i mean so i i could see why i mean well one the popularity of tomie but two the the basic premise of tomie is that uh um you know there's the the basic premise is um there's this um mysterious beautiful woman Natomie, and um she uh reappears again and again throughout all of history um and she just keeps showing up and you know so when you 
when you look at that as, as a in, in terms of film, it was like, oh, great, you know, sequels. She comes back again and again and again, and and uh, with a different cast, different time period, different setting. Um, so I can see why there's so many movies of Tomie, uh because of that narrative reason, at least. I feel like though that it's necessary, but it's sort of you understand it more. If we tried to do that, everyone would tell us to go home, and rightfully so. I mean, when we did Ghost in the Shell, first of all, there was no need for it, but mostly ScarJo. This is uncanny. This is uh, this is like opening a can of worms. Like that, they'll get me ranting for like the next hours. Open those worms, Chris. So, I I get why they they chose ScarJo because like her her. her her name brand and you know you know the lay person who doesn't know a sh- jack shit about ghost in the shell like oh it's scar joe yeah i know her let's go see this. uh and like fine okay like uh and and, and then there's like the in-universe w- uh, logic well uh the whole the whole well, one of the one of the main things about ghost in the shell is that you know you can implant your mind into any amount of bodies or shells so like you're you, and because of that, you know they have this police department that has to worry about new forms of hacking, like hackers hacking into someone else's shell and like taking control of their bodies. And um, but like the the re, like the I mean one whitewashing and two like I to me I could forgive. Okay, fine, I get that you have you want ScarJo to be your leading lady because like she's she's made her name doing tons of badass films okay fine but the, the 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 logic the mental gymnastics of what they did at the end where the major which is scarjo's character she uh um they made her they made her originally japanese and she is canonically in the source material uh but then she dies and then she gets uh, a new body and then they so the major becomes this this caucasian uh, and and it, this is like a third act reveal like like scarjo tries she she doesn't know she doesn't remember her past and then she ends up finding her original original mother uh this old japanese lady and for some weird deus mex machina reasoning the japanese old lady can recognize the soul uh or the spirit or the essence of the major even though she still has scar joe's like features like i don't know if you're gonna do that just cast someone who's japanese like rinko kikuchi or or any 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 number of other marketable and awesome and talented japanese or asian american actors like are at and it's like it was yeah the the amount of mental gymnastics they had to go to was terrible also the fact that like like there was some crazy story that came out where they tried to make scar joe's uh appearance in post-production look more asian it's like how no, that is terrible. Cast Japanese actors. That's my rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I No, I 100% agree with it. Again, I always say whenever we talk about foreign films and foreign anything really is that Americans ruin everything. There's no need. There's no need. Because we always do the wrong thing. But Rye, but Rye, money. 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 
money. <laughs> money talks. <laughs> invest in original ideas or invest in directors and filmmakers and creators that can remake something the way it should be remade. Like Candyman, for example. It's going to have a very different feel to it, but it's going to be very successful. I'm so excited for Candyman. It's still happening. It's not 2020. Yeah. Or if you want to bring it back to anime, like Taika Waititi directing Akira. That's awesome. That is a great choice. Is that still happening? I think that, that's still happening. He, he, it just got he got delayed by he got delayed by other projects. I think he's I think it's because of Thor four. Like uh, love and thunder. love and thunder. Yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why it got pushed back. But he's still killing it. Like Jojo Rabbit and what we do in the shadows and what. Yeah, so he's he's fine. So that I can TV wait. show is something absolutely brilliant. By the way. Oh yeah, no, it's amazing. I haven't seen the second season yet, but I did see all of the first season, and woo! Oh, do yourself a favor, watch the second season. That was a tangent. Speaking of tangents, I'm sorry for my rant, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm not though, because it's it's you're right. No, but you're absolutely right. And if if you're going to feel feel compelled to remake something, at least do do it right do it the way it quote unquote i don't want to say should be done but do it the way it yeah no the the way it should be done correctly do it correctly like make sure that if you're going to be telling a certain kind of story that the right people are telling this, that story there is no reason why because and this is this is my whole uh argument for why i think foreign horror is so important to horror in general is there are nuances that they put into their films that make sense to them and their culture and the things that they go through that we can't replicate or duplicate because it's not our story to tell. So we should have no place doing that. I mean, horror is intensely, yeah, horror is intensely personal. And if you really want to see, if you really want to look at what makes a society tick, look at their horror story. Exactly. Exactly. We started talking about this when we did an episode on high tension, and there's a whole uh, subplot to that, that there's a whole narrative to that that discusses uh, the opinion of certain French people at the time and how that's reflected. And there's like a whole th and we can't even begin to understand it because guess what? It's not ours to understand. So you need the right people telling these stories. And I, I talk about, I, I know I say a lot, well, as long as the original creator's involved and can have as much, you know, say in, in this as possible, it should be fine. But we ultimately know that people go where the money is. So they're not going to have as much freedom as they would like, which means I, I, American remakes of foreign films we don't need them. It doesn't belong to us. We shouldn't do it. And if we ever felt compelled, you best have a majority of the staff that is not American on that project so that you can do it justice and you can do it correctly. Right. For two things. One, I, I want to save this conversation for the next episode because we're clearly doing Tomie. Oh, no, no, we absolutely are. I'm, I'm bumping. I'm bumping next week's episode. We're doing Tomie. Yeah. Excellent. And, uh, and, and two... Uh, and one of his interviews, it, it, it was strange. Uh, one of his, uh, I think it was like the the Crunchyroll 
haunted house episode or uh interview um someone was asking how much creative input ito has on his adaptations and his answer was very little he got to request the actresses he liked but it didn't mean he was gonna get it yeah exactly so like i mean i i and like what what are your both of your thoughts about that and uh i mean we, yeah i think i think it's total bullshit and like i don't know i don't know if that's changing or that's the case with the uzumaki anime it, it sounds like from what the interviews i've been watching so far um you know the the team is being incredibly respectful and like uh and like i, I feel like here ito's getting more transparency and uh, maybe not, i mean i this is hard to say because like you know i i'm only inferencing what we're seeing from the interviews but it seems to me like ito um has more of an intimate look into the into the production like he's he was giving he's throwing out details of of um how on one hand is honoring the material but how they're changing it to make it fresh so i feel like it, i feel like in the, the uzumaki anime ito's getting more of his just desserts but th that's all speculation don't quote me but yeah i mean what 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 do you feel uh about that um or you know just i i think it's injustice and i i think like i don't know it's weird i mean I, on one hand i don't want to say that you should cross this someone else's lane but you're you're dealing with ito he knows m more about it like in and out and like if if it's a matter of like if, if it's a matter of oh i don't think ito knows uh the movie making business well tough shit find a good producer find a good production manager so find surround with people who can that you trust and ito trust that you know you can make that vision come to life you and I have had this conversation several times on this show. I think that when it comes to adapting things that uh, creators have put their hearts and souls into, you're doing them and their fans a disservice by not getting as much of their input as possible and doing as much as you possibly can with said input. It's a sh And it's it's... It creates a reaction like what we saw with Death Note. It was bad. It was so bad. So and not bad. because the director is bad. It's just they, that they, this was not something. I This was just not his to handle. Adam Wingard turned a psychological horror detective cat and mouse story into a really shitty romance movie. And I hate it. <laughs> And there was no reason for it, but exactly like when you're not when you're not familiar with the source material, if you're going to ask the original mind of the said source material to voice their opinions and their input and ask them questions about it, don't do it just because someone's telling you to do it because you know it's going to make your project better. And actually fucking listen, don't just do it because you're like, see, we listen to the creator. Don't don't placate. We as fans, we know when you're doing that, and guess what? It still makes us. It still makes us mad. It still pisses us off. So, that's bullshit. He shouldn't have to go through that. Chris is not the only one that can rant about this shit. <laughs> makes me mad too. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Uh, we've been monopolizing the microphone. <laughs> 
Hey, no, I mean, I, I honestly really don't have much of an opinion about this kind of stuff. So this is all you. This is all you. I just, I look at media, I consume media, I decide whether or not it has value or worth or whatever. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, whatever, I move on with my life. So I, I, I mean, you can't, you can't tell me that the American Death Note remake had any value to you whatsoever. I liked Willem Dafoe. Everyone likes Willem Dafoe in that movie because they like Willem Dafoe. Just ask Chris. He thinks it's the best part of that movie. It is. He is the best part of that movie. Yeah, but you can still have good stuff in a movie with the movie being complete shite. Like, um, like, hey, let's go back to Watchmen. I thought the guy that uh, played the comedian, Jeffrey D. Morgan, was fantastic. The rest of the movie was steaming garbage, but I can still appreciate certain things from the movie. It's just like if you have to, if you say that the best part of the movie is the is is an actor's performance, it's like one actor like holding the whole thing together and it's riding on his performance. It's not good. Ooh, I could get real controversial here, but I'm gonna... Joker in the Dark Knight is exactly that. <laughs> oh man. Okay, it's mostly not good because that movie is fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, I, so I think spirits and and temperatures and, and and blood pressure is running high. So let's cool it down. Um, you know, final thoughts on Uzumaki, and uh, yeah, give me more Ito. That is my final thought. Give me more Ito. I can't. This is so good. Yes, Tomie, Tomie, yay. We're doing it. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Actually, actually, I haven't read Tomie. This, this, so I'm very excited for that. We're going to do Tomie, and then because I bumped the episode, I'll just move it. Because after that, we're going into straight into cannibalism. It's, that's, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, your final thoughts on Uzumaki? Yeah, uh, read it. Uh, watch the movie if you got nothing better to do. So, you know, it's quarantine, so... If anything, it's a fun movie to watch with friends, because when it gets weird, it gets really weird. Um, and it has that kind of like early 2000s horror cheese, which can be fun in the right context. But then again, I just recommended watching this movie with friends. Just make sure you're socially distancing when you're doing that. So, yes. Yes. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Six feet apart, outside, on the grass, on someone's laptop. You'll yeah. Be uh, you know, borrow or rent out a drive-in theater. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a uh, great way to consume this. Yes, do that. Yes. Uh, gosh, I love Uzumaki. This is great. Um, I just, I'm, I'm loving Junji Ito and Chris. Like, this was all you. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that we're doing this. So I have to thank you for for like really pushing this. And well, I'm doing it as selfish reasons because I want an excuse to watch more horror, anime, and manga and talk to people about it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. No, I think it's great because that's another like we have Chris on to to discuss this with us, and and I. Oh, yeah, no, I'm thrilled to be here. Tell me, I mean, you're coming back for next week. It's fine. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, we gotta complete the trilogy. Oh, I'm coming back for Tommy. All right. Although I haven't. Okay, I will admit, unlike the others, I haven't read Tomie yet. 
Oh, good. This will be a first for all of us then, because none of us have read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, clearly. Cause yeah, I, I just, this, Chris, this is all your fault. And I thank you for it. Cause I didn't know how badly I needed Junji Ito. And like, I, I've said, I said this on last week's episode, but there are parts of Junji Ito's work that I've absolutely seen over the course of the years. And now I have a wonderful human to, like look up and read up on and that who's responsible for all of that so and and right you're 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 joining the fandom it's such a perfect time because like Shinji Ito is so huge right now it's so easy to grab all this collective works you know we have a new anthology come out in August uh, I mean, uh, you could you could literally go to hottopic.com right now and pick up like Junji Ito pajamas and hoodies right now, which is dope as hell. So yeah, no, I'm no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, you could pick up like Junji Ito pajama pants. I'm including that link in the show notes because everyone needs to get in on this. Yes, thank Hot Topic for 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 like for the licensing deal because like, that's awesome. So uh yeah so i think i my last words i love uzumaki it, this is such a great read and uh movie n- definitely not the greatest adaptation i mean again if if you're re- if you're like literally have nothing else to do you can it'll kill like an hour and a half although you know that's an hour and a half that's better spent like reading tomie or reading any of his other endless amounts of short stories he's done um or any of any other of horror manga anime out there and i hope i hope we do more so yes that's we will i it's it's on the docket i'm gonna i'm gonna change the whole queue around we got this uh yes go read go read uzumaki so good that's all i say on that note Thank you for listening to another episode of Left 4 Dead. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left 4 Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. Once more, we would like to thank Chris for being our awesome special guest thank you coming uh, thank you for coming back for uzumaki uh again if people are just tuning in um tell us a a bit about iron silver and salt your awesome podcast and where they can they find you on the interwebs yeah iron silver and salt is the monster hunting podcast where each where every other week we take a look at monster from fiction to folklore and talk about how to kill it or sometimes subdue it or maybe just make friends with it if sometimes the monster just needs a friend so yeah, uh, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. We're on Twitter and Facebook, and yeah, new episodes every other Thursday. And thank you, Chris. And with that, uh, beware of the star. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Rain! Rain. Yes, uh, Happy birthday, Rain! Rain, we miss you. Um, you know, we we want we we're we're gonna do so many more Ito episodes. You know, we could we could do Tomie, and then we could do at a later time his new anthology coming out later this month. So. There's also Hellraiser, which I'm sure she'll get in on. There's also like ten of those movies, so I'm not. Rain, come back soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, again, happy birthday, Rain. Happy belated birthday, Judito. Uh, beware the spirals. Stay stay away from the spirals. And don't forget, stay, stay dreadful! dreadful.